In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast, sponsored by KnowledgeVine. KnowledgeVine is the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies, and you can learn more about these technologies at KnowledgeVine.com. KnowledgeVine is committed to reducing the frequency and severity of workplace errors by helping organizations leverage technology to easily create a sustainable safety culture. KnowledgeVine is the evolution of human performance. Now, folks at this KnowledgeVine.com website, you can also find out about and register for the second annual Human Performance in Action Conference. This is sponsored by KnowledgeVine and the HP Community of Practice. It's going to be held in Houston, Texas at Downtown Hyatt Regency, April 17th through the 19th, 2023. The conference theme is Identifying and Managing Risk, the Science, Data, and Application of Working Safely. And OGGNHSE podcast listeners can get a discount by using the code OGGNHSE podcast. Okay, even though we are heard in over 100 countries, for the most part, everyone who's listening, uh, this podcast is being recorded in the middle of winter. And I thought it might be good to spend a few minutes talking about cold stress, being cold. We'll call it cold stress in the work environment. Cold stress in the work environment, but even with that title, as is almost always the case when we talk about health or safety issues on this show, the concepts we will discuss they also work at home and at play as well. So I hope that with today's podcast, we'll be able to talk about factors that contribute to cold stress, talk about how to recognize signs and symptoms of cold stress, and also even identify controls that can help you prevent it. I believe this is extremely worthwhile information for the sake of our health and safety, but I realize it can become tedious listening, so we will keep it short. But here are three short lessons about dealing with cold that I think you'll find it worth having taken your time to listen to, and that's always our goal. Here's lesson number one, cold stress factors. Obviously, when subjected to cold and wet conditions while we're working, or as we said, playing, or even if we're working in cold indoor environments, this can take a heavy toll on our bodies and be hazardous to our health. So it's important to be ready for those conditions and to understand some basic principles such as we all know that a healthy human body regulates its core temperature to approximately 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. And when we eat, move, or perform other physical activities, our bodies generate heat. Most of our body heat dissipates through the skin as sweat and through the lungs when we breathe. However, when it's cold outside, our bodies minimize heat loss by constricting blood vessels close to the skin's surface and in our arms and legs. This helps keep the head and torso at a safe temperature to protect internal organs, but reduced blood flow causes exposed skin, arms, and legs to get cold faster, and this increases the risk of frostbite or hypothermia in those areas. And this can happen even in temperatures that are above freezing, especially if the weather is also windy or wet. We all know about wind chill factor and any type of moisture that gets on your skin will also conduct heat out of your body, including obviously rain, snow and ice or any water you have to work in or around. But here's something to remember, even in the absence of any of these conditions, 
If you sweat from heavy exertion, this can saturate your underclothes and remove heat from your body. And this is even if you're dressed for the weather. Another factor to consider is if you get an illness like common cold or flu, for example, we all know your body's immune system will often create extra heat to help fight that illness, and we call it fever. However, fever, while it has a positive effect, it also makes it hard for the body to maintain its temperature if it's out in cold conditions. So if you have fever and are scheduled to work in cold temperatures, you should talk with your supervisor or check your company's policies. If you have fever, you should do that whether you're working in cold or not. But you may be told to stay home until your illness is passed, or you might be assigned duties where you're not exposed to the cold. Other ongoing medical conditions that can reduce your body circulation and blood flow to your extremities include diabetes, heart disease, vascular disease, or thyroid problems. If you have a medical condition that can affect your ability to stay warm, you should consult your doctor before working in a cold environment. Lesson number two, let's talk about cold stress illnesses and symptoms. Frost nip or frostbite is the most common cold stress if body parts are left exposed to cold temperatures long enough to freeze the skin. Frost nip occurs when blood vessels constrict and reduce blood flow to the point where the skin's outer layers become dehydrated and freeze. Frost nips can turn pale or red and the outer layers can feel very cold or numb. But the skin tissue underneath is still warm and soft. Quick treatment can help prevent frost nip from becoming frostbite. Frostbite occurs when the deeper layers of the skin and the tissues beneath do begin to freeze. Frostbitten skin feels cold or hard to the touch. So what do you do if this happens? Well, obviously get to a warm area immediately. Hopefully you can treat frost nip before it becomes frostbite. Wrap the affected area in a warm, dry cloth. If you happen to have any blisters, do not break them. And if your skin has indeed become frostbitten, be careful about rubbing the skin because this could cause permanent damage. Always seek medical treatment. And if instructed by emergency responders, immerse frostbitten skin in warm but not hot water. Obviously, however, don't warm the skin with water if there's a chance it could be frozen again since free freezing can cause even more damage. A second illness is hypothermia. That's a life-threatening cold stress illness that happens when body heat is lost faster than it can be replaced. Mild hypothermia can begin to set in when the body's core temperature drops below 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Symptoms can include shivering, loss of coordination and motor skills in the hands, slurred speech, and pale cold skin. As body temperature continues to drop, confusion or impairment ensues, breathing and heart rate slows, and shivering will actually slow down and eventually even stop. If body temperature keeps falling, the pulse may become irregular or hard to find, breathing may become shallow or stop, and the victim will lose consciousness. Different levels of hypothermia require different levels of treatment to treat mild hypothermia, move the victim to a warm area, preferably indoors if possible. Replace any wet clothes with dry clothes. Cover any uncovered skin and extremities and wrap the victim in blankets. Keep the victim active and moving as much as possible and give them a warm, sweetened beverage to help them rehydrate. Heat packs or warm water bottles can also be used on the victim's head, neck, chest, and groin. 
Always seek medical attention if you suspect hypothermia. Severe hypothermia is an emergency and it must be treated in a hospital setting. Call 911 immediately and ask for instructions to keep the victim alive until emergency responders arrive. A third thing, when feet stay immersed in cold water or sit in wet shoes and socks all day, either outdoors or even in wet and cool indoor environments, you also run the risk of getting trench foot. Mild trench foot includes tingling, itching, burning, swelling, and pain in the feet. More severe cases can also include blisters and infection. And if trench foot is not treated right away, the foot can contract gangrene and that can lead to amputation. To treat trench foot, get to a warm, dry area and remove footwear and wet socks. Keep feet elevated and avoid walking if at all possible. And again, get medical attention as soon as possible. Lesson number three, cold stress prevention. If you'll be working out in the cold for long periods, it's important to dress for the weather conditions, but it's important to do that in a proper manner. You should wear multiple layers of loose clothing to keep yourself warm. First of all, choose warm socks and long undergarments that will keep you warm without causing excessive sweating. Your next layer should include a heavy shirt and long pants. You may also want to wear coveralls over these clothes, and you'll likely want to wear an insulated coat that protects you from the cold, wind, and moisture. Make sure to wear weatherproof gloves with good grip and flexibility. You may even consider wearing a second pair of gloves if you need them. And finally, make sure you have clothing that can protect your ears and face, such as earmuffs, a hat with ear flaps, a hood, a balaclava, or a ski mask. You should also keep extra underclothes and socks in a dry, warm area in case you need to change. If your employer expects you and your co-workers to work in cold environments, engineering controls should be installed to help keep you as warm as possible. For example, metal equipment handles should have insulated covers on them to protect workers' hands. This will reduce the amount of heat lost through your hands and keep your gloves from touching frozen metal. If your work area can be enclosed, radiant heaters can give off enough heat for you and your coworkers to work comfortably for a longer stretch of time. And even if you can enclose your work area, you should be able to minimize your exposure to wind. Buildings or structures are going to block the most wind, but you can also utilize heavy machinery, large vehicles, and even tarps can help block some of your exposure to the elements. Consider enacting policies and procedures designed to protect from extreme cold. If possible, schedule work during the warmer parts of the day, but if not, provide warm, sheltered areas for workers to take breaks and warm themselves back up. Some companies also use the buddy system to create groups of two or more employees to watch each other for signs of cold stress. And finally, workers who are new to working in the cold or have been away from the work for a while should be eased into their job duties as it can take a while to acclimate to a cold environment. Even with the right clothing and work practices, there are other things you should do to keep yourself warm and safe. First, make sure you get plenty of rest before and after work. If you're going to be working in cold temperatures for long periods, you should eat healthy, high-calorie, and high-carbohydrate foods such as pasta. This will give your body more energy to generate heat. Drink warm, sweetened drinks while you work and during your breaks. Stay as active as you can while you're working and keep moving to generate heat as well. And some of you won't like this, but it is best to avoid alcohol, nicotine, and other drugs, including limiting your caffeine intake if you're working out in the cold. If you take prescription medication, be aware of its side effects and ask your doctor if your prescriptions could affect your body's ability to retain heat. 
And finally, keep an eye on yourself and your coworkers while you're working and look out for symptoms of cold stress. If you have any questions or need additional controls to protect yourself and your coworkers from extreme cold, you should talk to your supervisor. All right. Well, as I said, that was short. Again, thank you for listening. Hopefully you've learned or been reminded of how to identify factors that contribute to cold stress, recognize its signs and symptoms, as we said in the beginning, and maybe thought about some ways that you can identify controls to help protect you and prevent cold stress. Please tell your friends to listen, post us on LinkedIn and your other social media, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or there's a review link in the show notes. And again, please tune in again next week for another episode of Knowledge Vine's Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full service human performance and safety consulting, Knowledge Vine error reduction that works. Discover more about Knowledge Vine by finding in the show notes our website link and other contact information, including the conference discount code, or simply reach out to me on LinkedIn and we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.